0: I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> it's probably like getting grade ten sandpaper rubbed on your face every day.
1: I mean, we say it all the time. Whether you know, there's two types of turds: you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're we're we are about players and players playing the plays, and
0: not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, I have Greg Smith. Greg, hello. Have you watched any? NBA playoff basketball since your team, uh, not so I, I there, there wasn't a ton of effort when they
1: bowed out. So
0: have oh. you been turned off by the rest of the playoffs or are you still watching?
1: Uh, hello. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I've not watched not one shot, not <laughs> one minute since that happened. I am honestly just now getting to the point to where I, I think I'm going to start paying attention again. Um, I, I was very angry. And honestly, what you said is why I was so angry. Like the lack of effort um, is what really had me angry about it. Like, and I get it. It was disjointed and blah, blah, blah. But the effort was just never there. Plus, I'm really upset internally. I have like this weird thing where I like Chris Paul and I like Devin Booker, but I want the sons to lose at everything in life. So I just don't understand. <laughs> like I'm having a really hard time with this.
0: I expected you to open with, hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm going to leave now after I dissed your <laughs> Lakers to start. Um, no, but, it's fine. I've hey. been
1: getting this mentioned to me by everyone, so I'm used <laughs> to it by this point.
0: Um, you might have a new player joining the team. I don't quite understand why LeBron would change numbers to open up 23 if it's not to add Bradley Beal to the roster. Um, that's <laughs> the only move that makes sense to me. Uh, I don't think Damian Lillard would join and wear number 23, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I have a hypothetical for you. This is a, yep. a thing that I wanted to do regularly on this podcast that I've gotten away from in recent weeks, but it's back. It is the 2021 NFL draft, Greg. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Mac Jones and Trey Lance are on the board. You are a quarterback needy team. Let's just say you're the Chicago Bears because that's your team. <laughs> and then you do a quarterback. You have the number one overall pick in the draft. Yeah. But you have the chance to draft a kicker. Yes, a kicker with the first overall pick. Who has a 100% chance of making a kick from any spot on the field? Any Uh spot on the field, this kicker will make a field goal. Do you take that kicker with your number one overall pick, or do you go a different direction?
1: Boy. That's I was. That's a little harder than I expected that to be. I think I would go with the kicker that has a hundred percent chance of making the field goal, and here's why. Even if my quarterback stinks, as the Bears quarterbacks have done for like basically my entire life, I would still then have three points in my back pocket. So if I could get those guys to just be average, we could we should score a bunch of points. I, th- I think I'm going with the kicker.
0: Final answer. There's a right final and a wrong answer. answer here.
1: Okay, final answer. Kicker. Yeah.
0: Okay. I have the numbers in front of me. You have you've chosen correctly. That's the correct okay. answer. So um, six teams in NFL history have averaged more than three points per drive. So with this kicker, you are guaranteed three points per drive. Yep. Or kind of around that if you like throw a turnover or throw an interception or you have a turnover yeah, every once true. in a while. Um, so like guaranteed drafting this kicker you're in like the top 25 in terms of all time offenses the average team in the nfl scores a touchdown on 33 of their drives which means that your team drafting this this uh michael jordan bubble kicker with 100 uh efficiency you would average 4.3 points per drive with this kicker with the nfl average for points per drive which would make you the best offense ever.
1: So that would put me ahead of those. Is, is the Kurt Warner Rams, is that the number one? Do you have I don't, it in front I don't of have you? number oh, one okay. in front of me. No. I, I just picture them as being number one. So maybe so they're not. You don't somebody.
0: even need to have a decent quarterback. You can have a Luke McCaffrey level quarterback. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. And you would still have, you just have to have an average offense. You have to okay. meet the NFL average for points per drive. And you would, with this kicker, have the best offense of all time. So, and two, you know, you talk about turnovers. If you have that field goal in your back pocket, you don't have to press on offense when you fall behind in the chains. So safer play calling would, in theory, lead to a lower propensity for turning the ball over. And because you are ending every drive with a score, your opponent is now beginning every drive with a kickoff. So you're not turning the ball over and your opponent is not getting great field position to, to begin any drive, you're sitting really pretty.
1: So in that case, I basically would build my team like the current Bears or like, what is that, the 2001 Ravens, where I have that defense. I've got like Jamal Lewis running the ball, and you know I just need Trent Dilfer out there. As my quarterback, and we're good to go. I like it. Todd Heap at the, at the tight end. I know way too much about that team apparently. Um, and So we can just kind of roll with that. You just need Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. You could have made it work with Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. If only we had a 100% kicker. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky could have stuck around.
0: A um, couple news and notes for this podcast. Greg Smith has a podcast. It's called the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. You should subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. You should leave them a review. You should listen to it every week. It's really good. Uh, we also have other podcast offerings on the hill varsity podcast network. Go to hailvarsity.com varsity.com backslash network. This podcast and all of those are a proud part of the herd at media network. I always say hail varsity network. And then I remember now it's the herd at media network. Um, shouts to Sasha for producing this every week. And uh, make sure that you're subscribed to hillvarsity.com because the yearbook is coming out soon. So make sure that you are keeping an eye out for that so that you can get your copy. It's going to be awesome. I've read everybody's story. We got through editing, it's awesome. Make sure you get it. I say that every year, but it remains true this year. Um, news Luke McCaffrey is back in the transfer portal. He, uh, I think, was on campus at Louisville for a couple weeks at most and is now back in the portal. Um, Louisville head coach, Scott Satterfield said it was because he wanted to start. And so he will be going elsewhere. Greg, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on this? Do, you have, do, do we need to talk about this at all?
1: Uh, not really, but I do not really do we need to talk about it. I would want, want like to say though, is that I, I was a little surprised that Satterfield was actually brutally honest about that. Um, that tends to tell me or indicate that he was a little upset um by Luke McCaffrey deciding to do that after just a handful of days on campus um, it, but it, it to me it's just a situation where we, we probably need more info that we're not going to get and I just don't understand why and I've seen a lot of people say this is obviously not an original thought that in that case why you wouldn't at least attempt to win the job like you didn't even give that any real consideration if you left after just a handful of days without the coach just anointing you the starter in a meeting, like it's a, that's a little strange. to me.
0: Yeah. Cause he wasn't there for spring ball. Um, just, you know, from the outside without knowing anything from, uh, Luke's, uh, inner circle or the way that Luke is thinking, it just, it looks like, well, he wanted to have a, a, a straight line to the starting position and he wasn't going to have that at Louisville. He obviously didn't have that at Nebraska. That's why he left. Um, or probably one of the reasons why he left. And so, I mean, we'll see what happens. We got asked in the mailbag uh, what his, maybe his best fit will be or where he will end up. And at, I mean, I, I think like my answer was if he was open to switching positions, he probably would still be at Nebraska. Um, right. And if he's leaving Louisville because he wants to be a starter, he's probably not going to find the position that he wants or the let me say the situation that he wants at the power five level maybe not even at the FBS level. Um, So we'll kind of see what happens there. But I would just, for me personally, like I'm just going to wait to poo-poo the guy until we know kind of 100% what happened or what is going on. Um, But at the same time, I acknowledge that like, and I kind of get like flashbacks to the J.D. Spielman transfer situation with all of this. Like we might not ever get that. Um, you know, he might have reasons for wanting to leave Nebraska and reasons for wanting to leave Louisville that had nothing to do with playing time or being co- a quarterback. And we won't ever know those reasons, um, which, you know, is fine, but I'm just going to say, let's, let's, let's wait to poo-poo the guy until, you know, he has explicitly come out and said, yeah, I quit, just wanted to quit. So um, that's all we need to say on on that topic, the big news of the week, Greg, is that finally the college football playoff is expanding. <laughs> so this news came down, we're recording on a Thursday. This news came down from Ross Dellinger on Thursday. Uh, this is his tweet. Sources tell me that the CFP working committee is recommending a 12-team playoff, which would feature the six highest-ranked conference champions and six at-large bids. The four highest-ranked champions would get a buy. In the first round, while well, the other eight play first round games on campus? He also says it's a long way from being done, but this is a recommendation. recommendation. So the next steps for this, the CFP Management Committee must endorse this format because it is just a recommendation at this point. It must be endorsed at a meeting June 17th and 18th. I believe that's the Chicago meeting. Um, next, the CFP Board of Managers must authorize a feasibility study at the June 22nd meeting. I don't know what any of that is. The, but this is like what, th- this is the, this it's is the a, major so college. It's this so- is the major problem with college <laughs> yeah. football. There is
1: so that yeah. there's too
0: many freaking suits deciding oh, everything, um, which by the way, is my biggest issue with the playoff. Not how many teams are in the damn field. And we can get to that later. Um, after that, Feasibility study is authorized. The CFP board of managers would meet again in September to discuss the study results. It is not expected that this new format will go into place until 2023 at the earliest. The college football playoff right now is entering into year eight of a 12-year agreement with ESPN. Um, That deal didn't necessarily lock in a format but it's set to expire in 2025 following that season. And I think the expectation from a lot of people was that the format wouldn't change until after that deal had expired. Um, ESPN will also presumably get exclusive negotiating rights for games under the new format, um, which would feature teams seated 5 through 12 playing at campus sites of the higher-seeded team the team seeded one through four would get a first round by uh, the first round would happen in the two weeks following conference title games, the quarterfinals and the semifinals would be played at traditional bowl sites on January one or January 2nd, if new year's day falls on a Sunday. So that would be quarterfinals, January one and January 2nd. Um, the bracket will follow the selection committee rankings and will not be modified to avoid rematches or reseeded after the first round. So Notre Dame gets a giant finger uh, because Notre Dame cannot be a top four seed. They cannot have a first round by because they cannot be a conference champion unless they decide to stick with the ACC like they had this this one year. Um, lots of stuff to digest. But just first, let's start here. Greg, we are getting an expanded playoff, something that we've been talking about since the CFP came into existence seven years ago, eight years ago now. Um When you first saw this come across your timeline or you first saw the message in Slack or first heard it on the radio or TV or wherever you were when you first, this news popped into your brain, your consciousness. What was your immediate reaction?
1: Well, it was Slack that I I found it out from. So shout out Slack. Um, My initial reaction was good. I like this. I think that this is the. I feel like college football needs a shakeup. It needs something to happen to, I don't want to say, generate more interest but i just feel like things are a little stale right now and that's in part due to the excellence of a couple of programs namely Clemson and Alabama uh, the other order Alabama first then Clemson um and then also because we it just feels like we see the same four teams every year and so that that's not those programs fault necessarily and so like i don't want to like downplay what their accomplishments have been that's great for them but at the same time as a like lover of college football as someone who covers the sport like I don't want to see that every single year so an expansion of the playoff would be something that would really help in kind of freshening things up, getting more teams into the dance so to speak, and giving them a chance to um, have those upsets but then giving them a chance to then win the actual championship so that was my first like initial flash thought was I like this because I want to see more teams participating in it um and then there were all sorts of things uh, that come up after you start to get some of the details on the thing
0: why do people think that more participants in the playoff devalues the regular season games
1: okay can you explain so this
0: do, line of thinking to me because i do not understand it
1: i cannot because i my one of my other early thoughts i'm glad you brought that up was is this actually makes me more likely to watch late regular season games and the conference championship games? I think it's very compelling that if in a Big Ten championship game, you have, I don't know, that would be what, 12-0 and Ohio State playing against 7-5 and Northwestern, and if 7-5 and Northwestern wins, they go to the playoff as one of them. Now, they might be the sixth seed, and they may have to play a first-round game, but Ohio State they to get that by they need to win that game i think that that makes that game even more compelling because under the current format if ohio state loses that game they're probably still going to get in or would have a chance to get in as that number four team um or as one of the four teams And a northwestern wins then their prize is the rose bowl so for those teams that are trying to spring those upsets in conference championship games. It makes it even more of a thing for them to want to pull those upsets. I think it makes the regular season and conference championship games that much more important. I don't think it devalues it at all.
0: Yeah. So one of the, and you and I talked about this actually on my podcast last week, maybe where we were talking about recruiting. And one of the questions was like, could you institute a rule where teams can only sign one five-star player and like the, the, I guess the thinking behind putting that kind of rule into place would be to sort of level the playing field so that you can give more people an opportunity to get into the playoff because obviously high-profile recruits flock to the teams that can go play for a national championship. And as things currently stand, there are only five or six teams that can play for a national championship every year. But with this, I I mean, Oregon would have gotten into the playoff. Um, If you are a team, like let's say... Virginia, who plays Clemson in the ACC championship game in 2019, uh, nine and five, Virginia, or I guess nine and four, eight and four, whatever they were before that conference championship game. You are a win away from the college football playoff after, you know, three or four losses. So, like, I mean, I, I guess in the sense like you could take a loss early in the season and it isn't necessarily as harmful as before maybe i don't know but like we've gotten to the point where there are good losses so have we already devalued regular season schedules a little bit maybe i don't know but like one of the things that i have been and i know i'm not unique in this but one of the things that i have been asking for for years and years and years is a system of promotion and relegation within american sports for some reason we don't do this with the mls the mls wants no part of uh, lower league lower leagues Um, doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I want to see it with other kind of professional leagues. College football would be a perfect sort of um, test subject for this, a guinea pig for this. And the, the way it works in European soccer, it makes everything throughout the season, both at the top of the table and at the bottom of the table. Interesting. So at the end of the season, people are not just watching Liverpool and Man City and Manchester United and Oh, for those brief few beautiful years, Tottenham. Um, They're also watching the bottom of the table because those teams are fighting teeth and nail to stay in the Premier League. They're trying not to get relegated out of the Premier League. And so you got a lot of drama at the bottom of the table. So they have made it to where every single game throughout the year is meaningful. And games at the end of the year, even for teams that aren't in the title hunt, are still meaningful. So you're getting a situation where, for multiple reasons here with this extended playoff, games are going to start mattering more and more. And not only that, but they're going to start being more dramatic, which is what you ultimately want, um, it, considering this is a product. <laughs> and so, like, like, let's say that you are Virginia, or let's say that you are that Northwestern team. Like, suddenly, if you're like a team in, like, the Big Ten West or, like, the ACC Coastal or one of those, those divisions that's just, like, it, it, it doesn't really have – in Ohio State, it doesn't have a Clemson – it's just going to be the buzzsaw every year and they just sort of cannibalize each other. And you're going to have a team that wins that division with three or four losses. Those teams, all of those games suddenly are so much more important. Those divisional games, because you just have to get to your conference championship game. And then you are a game away from
1: the playoff. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was just when, before you said that, that's what I was thinking of is that it makes winning your division is now something that, like, you know, like, if, it almost feels like, and especially maybe this is just a Nebraska thing, maybe it's not, where, like, if you say, hey, Nebraska needs to be winning the West three out of five years, whatever, like, if, if when people say that, it almost feels like, not necessarily a diss, but it's like, man, how how low can you get the bar that we're just saying go win the Big Ten West three out of five years? But now, if you say, hey, go win the Big Ten West three out of five years and maybe one one of those three times you spring that upset, that could change the trajectory of your program. Because as we've seen, you just never know what can happen in these types of playoff situations. You don't know. And I'm not saying that necessarily like Nebraska you know, springs an upset over Ohio State and they're just going to go steamroll and win the whole thing. But you just never know what can happen. And I think that it changes the expectation in the entire conversation around winning your division, Mm -hmm. which would then make there's a trickle down effect of then those division games become so much more important. Mm -hmm. So that Iowa Northwestern game that's on ESPN2 at 11 a.m. becomes very, very important in the grand scheme of things like I, I don't I did not take away from right away that this would be bad for the regular season. I think that's only positive.
0: And the fan angle too is one that is worth mentioning and not worth glossing. It's with you don't don't gloss over the the fan element of it because, like you said, like now people are going to want to watch the Northwestern Iowa game at 11 a.m. But also people are going to want to watch teams now that they haven't watched before. This would have been the first round playoff field if this format was in effect for last year. So this would have been the five through twelve games. Uh, number 12, Indiana would have played at number five, Cincinnati. Number 11, Iowa State would have played at number six, Coastal Carolina. Number 10, Georgia would have played at number seven, Notre Dame. Number nine, Florida at number eight, Texas A&M. That would have been a rematch. They're not going to reseed for rematches, which I think is kind of cool. Um, but like, specifically for those first two that I mentioned, Indiana at Cincinnati, Iowa State at Coastal Carolina. First of all, those sound fun as hell. Those games do. Yeah. Second of all, you're going to have Indiana fans late in the season watching Cincinnati games and vice versa. You're going to have Iowa State fans late in the season watching Coastal Carolina games and vice versa. You're going to have people watching these games more than just their team plays and then who's like the big game on Saturday night because suddenly so many more teams have an opportunity at this thing. So many more teams have a chance to get a bite at the apple that – your product is suddenly a lot more valuable. Um, I know that's like a, that's a TV thing. That's money in the pockets of a lot of big wigs. Some people might not like that, but like, that's, that's a good thing for college football in general. um, If you're talking about visibility.
1: Yeah, I think that, yeah, I understand why people are not going to necessarily celebrate lining the pockets of, you know, the Mark Emirates of the world. But I do think that that's a very cool thing that like and I, and I agree that the those matchups would have been fun for a number of reasons but one of them being that you give those giving those teams an opportunity like Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina To go against teams that are also trying to take that next step in the program. So that's why those those matchups in particular would have been really fun, because on one hand you've got teams that are saying hey we deserved a shot or a seat at the table all along, versus a couple of programs in Indiana and Iowa State that are trying to say we're trying to take that next step and go to another level. Um, with, you know, coaches that that we really like, that other teams are starting to come around, Um, which also, as I even say that out loud, that's another thing, and there's so many different offshoots of this. If you say, if you can legitimately, if you're the brass at Iowa State, you can go to Matt Campbell and say, hey, you have a shot to go to the playoff here. You don't have to go to Michigan. You don't have to go to Notre Dame if Brian Kelly decides to retire. You can get to the playoff here. Um, which also can help because at some point, I think the constant turnover of coaches ends up hurting the sport too. Um, and I think that the coaches are such a big deal in college athletics, um, that that would actually help, um, the sport in the long run as well. I'm getting off topic here and I'm rambling, but there's a lot of different offshoots to the discussion, um, that go along with expanding this thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that this is, um, I don't think that I'm being too optimistic or too, you know, I I don't think I have rose colored glasses on when I say that I think this could have a spreading effect for talent across sort of the the power five level. Um, One thing, because, because one thing that, that, you know, people will yell semantics, but it's important. It does not say a lot of the, a lot of the reporting has not said The five conference champions get an auto bid. And then the highest ranked G5 champion gets an auto bid. All of the reporting has said simply the six highest ranked conference champions and six at large spots. So what that means in effect, if we just, again, if we go back to last year, Oregon would not have gotten an automatic bid. They would have needed an at large bid as a PAC 12 champ because Cincinnati is the AAC champion. And Coastal Carolina is the champion of what the Sun Belt or whatever they play in. I don't even know. But I will know if we have an expanded playoff. That's right. Because um, you'd be what? Because I'd be watching. Um, those two would have gotten the automatic bids. So <laughs> this can is this, this sort of helps the G5 and the Pac-12 might complain about that, or maybe the Big 12 complains about that, or The ACC, if Virginia pulls an upset like that in the ACC championship, and and you know one of your teams gets left out or something like that, but um, that really helps. I mean, the G five, this is all they've been asking for for years since UCF went undefeated. Was just a shot. Just give us a chance. Make it accessible for us. Because and you and I have argued about this for however many years now. It hasn't even been accessible for them. There hasn't even been a chance. And now it is, it is blown. The door is blown wide open for them.
1: Yeah, like, and it's interesting that you mentioned the Pac-12, because honestly, on and I've, like, typed two different tweets out um, and deleted them. Uh, The only complaints that I've seen about this so far have been from my Pac-12 friends, my friends that live out west that have been a little upset about all of this, to which I would say, play better football and you'll be okay. Like, I don't think – I think part of the fear and when you said the Big 12 would maybe be afraid I don't think the Big 12 would necessarily like as long as Oklahoma continues to be Oklahoma and if Texas actually returns to the national stage I think that they'll be okay like I think that like I don't think that they I just mean in, kept I just out. mean
0: in the sense that like you have a random game in you have a random championship game where you're you're one side that is like 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 or whatever loses yeah. to a team that is seven and five or something like that. I mean, I guess it wouldn't happen in the big 12. Cause they don't have divisions, but like one of those kinds of upsets. So, right. I mean, we'd be focusing on the ACC because that's,
1: that's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, what, The ones that should be upset, like, cause they're the ones that it, they're well, even though I guess they weren't, they didn't have a shot to really get two teams in to begin yeah, with. Yeah. The ACC says Yeah. But I think the pac 12 like is worse. And so I don't like I, You just need to be better. Like, and I don't think, and I also think that these things are cyclical, right? As has has always been the thing in college football, um, and where USC, if they return, and even though they have not been bad, but, if, but they have not been Pete Carroll's USC, right? Um, and so as a result, Oregon is rising. But if Oregon continues on their current trajectory and then USC makes a run and gets better, then I think that they could be okay in the long run. I just think that, you know, you're not going to have really a situation here soon, I don't think, where you're going to be getting multiple Pac-12 teams or multiple ACC teams. Um, that get into this thing. And maybe it's because you're gonna get those group of five teams, but I, I just think you got to be better, <laughs> and then that'll take care of itself.
0: Let me ask you a question. The Sun Belt has Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, a Louisiana Raging Cansions team that went 10 and 1 last year, a Georgia Southern team that went eight and five last year. Is the Sun Belt a better conference than the Pac 12? Right now?
1: The fact that I have to hesitate <laughs> tells you all that you know. Probably not, but it, it being close is kind of ridiculous, but it would be interesting if you did like one of those, like if you did like a Sun Belt Pac-12 challenge and you just tallied it up at the end to see uh, what the records were, because I, I would guess it's going to be fairly close. This...
0: Uh, The more I kind of read about this, I'm on board because when it was, when it was, when the reporting was that, you know, this thing was going to come and it was going to be five, the the five power five conference champions get an auto bid. Like I posed the hypothetical in, in Slack when we were talking about it of like, what about that Oregon team that won the PAC 12 that wasn't a great team, relatively speaking, at least not when it, when we're talking about playoff teams would they be arguing for a top five seating despite, you know, being 25th in, in the final college football playoff rankings or whatever this, um, this format, I feel like is, is, I think this is pretty good. Cause I've seen a lot of people that are like, they're a little nitpicky with some of the, some of the things. And it's like, Oh, well, we just, get this for now this is a starting point and then you know a few years down the road we make more tweaks or, or things like that um i've seen that specifically with people talking about home sites for quarterfinals um but this thing i mean this feels like just across the board this feels like you're not you're never going to have a 100 percent perfect playoff um when you're talking about 12 teams making it out of a, a you know level that has 130 programs playing um but this feels like a a pretty good landing spot
1: yeah I would I would totally agree I think that there are things that you can start to get nitpicky or or just not even not even nitpicky just like what your preference would be like maybe it's not your preference on um, the home site setup that's being reported maybe it's not your preference that Notre Dame gets left out um from the uh, from the top four slots oh that's I'm my totally, preference
0: that's my preference. I was about to
1: say, i'm totally fine with it that is 100 my preference make them be in the bottom six for trying like join a conference yeah um so i'm totally fine with that and it's so funny the notre dame things with that like you're not you're just not going to see the support for no for notre dame people beating the drum it it, it can only be notre dame fans and their people that are saying, hey, no, we need to look at this. Because otherwise, who's going to be out here sticking up for Notre Dame Join the conference? Yeah.
0: Um, one thing I will say, though, is – I mean, so a team that goes to the title game that doesn't get a first-round by, you're going to play a 12-game regular season. Uh, your conference title game is going to be a 13th game. Your first-round game at home is going to be your 14th game, quarterfinal 15, semifinal 16, championship game 17 pay the players that has to go into effect before this this format switches over
1: yeah cuz man the the we we, start, we talked earlier about the line in the pockets of the mark Emirates of the world and that the tv deal is going to be enormous when they go ahead and renegotiate it to be able to include these extra games like you you got to do something you you just have to i do i believe that they will no but like they they have to do something or should do something here
0: so that's a good segue. You mentioned the TV deal is going to be enormous for this. It it will be. It'll be huge. Um, currently, under the current format, if a conference puts one of its members into the semifinal game, that conference gets a $6 million payout from the college football playoff. So each time Alabama earns a bid to the college football playoff, the SEC gets a $6 million payout. I don't believe it's like a one-time thing. I believe if you get two teams in, you get – 12 million dollars um you don't get extra if the team makes it to the national championship game but six million dollars is a pretty good chunk of change for getting into the playoffs so how many how many <laughs> playoffs has alabama been in like all of them but one all of them but two something I, absurd it's all but one maybe they've made a lot of money for the sec one of the things that i have seen that we're going to talk about next is complaining about or bemoaning, whining, hand-wringing, whatever you want to call it, about what the home sites for the first round but not home sites for the second round does to the top four seeds. That it's unfair to the top four seeds that... And I'm just going to use Stu Mandel's tweet. I'm not calling him out or anything, but this is this is just a sentiment from a lot of people. If you're number one Alabama, the good news is you get a bye. The bad news is you don't get to host a home game, but seeds five through eight do and your fans have to travel to four straight neutral sites starting with the conference championship. Might want to rethink that part. No, they don't. I have no sympathy for Alabama. Boo-hoo freaking Alabama. If they're going to be the number one seed, they're going to play for a national championship. They're, one, going to get $6 million for the SEC or whatever the bigger number will be probably because it will be a bigger number. They're already getting a ton of money. Alabama does not need the extra revenue from that extra home game. I don't care. I don't care. And we should not care about, I mean, Alabama's cries that they're going to miss out on what it be like $2 million, 3 million bucks or something like that. When you're talking about differences at the end of the fiscal year for that extra home game, because they're getting to go play a playoff game and likely getting to go play another playoff game after that. And another playoff game after that, if they go to the national championship and like the part about, well, your fans have to travel. No, they don't. They don't have to travel. They don't have to go. They're not forced to go. If the fans want to go, the fans are going to go. And guess what? Alabama has had no problem selling tickets for playoff games. Those fans will go. And I guarantee you that if Coastal Carolina is in it, those fans are going to find a way to be there. Just like if Nebraska is in it, those fans are going to find a way to be there. Like the schools are still going to make money, regardless of whether they're a four seed or a five seed. I do not care about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, or Oklahoma crying about not getting a home game. I'm completely fine with having the Rose Bowl as a quarterfinal game.
1: I mean, I don't know how you could not care about Alabama not getting home game. Have you seen the new renovation to the Walk of Champions? That's not going to pay for itself, Derek. I mean, come on, dude. Like, I don't understand. No, I'm kidding. They're renovating
0: that building again?
1: yeah they every it feels like they're doing that all the time it just feels like they're constantly renovating all that i saw like a video rendering of this and it looks absolutely incredible of course um where you walk through and like all the trophies are there and like it, it's just an incredible so 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 hold, so
0: hold on did they see nebraska's renovation plans and decide <laughs> no, it oh, was
1: before that <laughs> they
0: decide oh crap we have to catch up now yeah they... is is nick saban now shaking in his
1: boots too please don't put that out into me either (laughs) um no so (laughs) but okay so it's funny my thinking on this has actually shifted a little when I first read this I thought hey it's not fair I agree it's not fair that Alabama and the examples it's easy to use them because this is who this would happen to does not get to host a home game for the second round um, and have to go straight to a neutral site until I really thought about I, I guess what you said about – so that that second round of games would be, say, at the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl or, like, they would be – because it would be January 1st, right? January um, 2nd, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you would have been playing in that neutral site anyway. So I don't think that that's – I just don't – I think you're going to have to incorporate – the problem is is that college football is going to have to incorporate the bowls. Like, I think it would be better for the for the product if they had those games be home games, but it's not just so that it would be fair to the Alabamas of the world. I just think it would be better. I think it would be cooler, but you're going to have to satisfy the bowl executives because that's how we got here with the four in the first place. They wanted to make sure they kept in the pockets of the bowl exec. Right. Um, I, and so, but I think it's actually in a way cooler to have you know seeds 5 through 8 or whatever end up having those home games because if let's just say somehow you ended up getting coastal carolina getting to host a game to start the college football playoff think of the atmosphere that that's going to create and how fired up that those folks are going to be for that. So no, I'm not, I can't go with the whole poor Alabama thing. Um, Because also I would be curious to see what their attendance and like fan ticket allotment and percentage sold has been over the years for all of these since they go every year. Um, My feeling would be that it has never dipped, that they've always sold out their allotment. Because I thought when this first kind of went in, that fans would stop going to some of those things and it doesn't feel that way from watching it on TV. Um, So we'll see. I don't, but I don't think that fans are going to not go to this stuff, especially once you start getting, let's say Indiana makes their magical run. I don't think Indiana fans are going to suddenly sit at home uh, because they've had to go to three of these in a row. Can you
0: imagine that being like something that you have to discuss as an athletic department? Like you're, you're sitting in a meeting preparing (laughs) for the new season and you're like, if we make another playoff game, what if our fans are just tired of going to it? Like, like can you imagine that conversation? I mean, yeah,
1: I don't even know what that, like, <laughs> what does that look like? But I would be kind of curious to know, like, has there been any drop-off at all with them going to these games? Or do they just go all the time? Because, But the other thing, though, honestly, and this may not be true, it feels like they're always playing in the Sugar Bowl, so it's a drive away. And so maybe like it's not maybe I don't know. It's
0: the sugar bowl or the the orange bowl, right? Yeah, it feels like they're in those. Oh,
1: they're in the South. Every it's in it's in an an area they go
0: to, or the peach bowl. Yeah. Um. The the point you made about them, like it it doesn't you know they're getting something cool too. It this feels to me the the like well think about Alabama. It feels to me like like the. VP of the Fortune 500 company that gets a $1.3 million bonus at the end of every year that's like complaining that lower level like IT people get a new laptop at the end of the year as a okay. Christmas bonus. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Like, sh- sure, cool. Number six seed gets to host a first round playoff game. You get to play for a national freaking championship. Don't complain about it. I don't want to hear it. That's where well,
1: I'm at with them. I- I'm with you on that. I am. I, you have um, brought me over to the dark side.
0: Yeah, because before we got on this podcast, you said we were going to yell at each other about how uh, Alabama was being unfairly treated in all this.
1: <laughs> oh man, don't go no, strongly do about think, that anymore. I, I do. No, not not anymore. But I do think that the SEC in general, uh, like this, it sucks that it has to be this way. But they must have like changed their mind, or something had to have happened because it seems like we went rapidly from hey, four is going to be where we probably stay to 12 or 16 is all right. Like I, something happened with the SEC, right?
0: Oh, <laughs> they yeah. decided yeah. that
1: this was okay. I don't love that for the sport. Like that gets annoying that it feels like the, we have to wait for the SEC to give the rubber stamp to stuff.
0: I think part of the problem though is, and I saw somebody point this out the other day, you think about the, the power leagues that have new commissioners. Kevin Warren is relatively new. Um, the ACC just hired a new commissioner. Uh, the Pac-12 hired a new commissioner, I believe. Correct?
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, know, see. Do what? I said you didn't even know. See how the Pac-12? I don't care about the Pac-12. To- I don't care
0: about it's a second. It's a second. It's the equivalent of a second world country. I don't care about the Pac-12. They're That's not tough, good, man. They're, they would it's be not relegated a good under
1: the Derek Peterson College Football Rules. They would be relegated.
0: Well, they would. As so a
1: conference. <laughs>
0: you can actually. I blew up the Pac. <laughs> Oh, now you got me thinking. Um, if you guys want to read this, just Google Hail, Hail Varsity um, Playoff Shake. Google Hail Varsity Shake Playoff. Uh, and you'll pull up a, a column that I wrote two years ago. It's just the keywords that you have to hit. It'll pull up a column that I wrote two years ago, in which my suggestion for an 18 playoff at the time was just blow up conference affiliations completely and set up a system of and and also in this I, I said the first step towards any of this is paying the damn players um and then second restructure conferences and, and i know this probably doesn't work because of you know financial reasons and all that it's not we can't have fun but you'd have you'd have four major conferences and then four mid major conferences and a major would be tied to a mid major and you'd have a system of promotion and relegation so i just blew up the pac12 because i hate the pac12 I uh, blew up divisions because I think divisions before, before today, I thought divisions were dumb.
1: Yeah, They're they're better now.
0: They're better now. Um, and I just said, like, the, the top four teams get, you know, the four teams that win their conference, they have the best record in the conference, they get an automatic bid to the 18 playoff, and then the best team from the mid-major gets an automatic bid to the playoff, and you take the next three, and then the last place team. So because, like, I mean – under the under the previous format, you had Kansas in the Big Twelve, and you had Boise State in a conference that uh, it was too good for, and no one could ever tell me that Kansas was more deserving of all the benefits of the Big Twelve than Boise State. Boise State's a better football program, so fix it. Um, yeah, you can go read that.
1: You I have it pulled track. up. Right, I, I have pulled up right now. You have a line in here that says, "Quote the Pac Twelve is all but forgotten about." This is trash. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good it's football. So and their way to fix it was to
0: create nine at 9 a.m. games. I don't want to watch a 9 a.m. Pac-12 game. Pac-12 after dark is awesome because, you know, it's the end of the day. I'm tired.
1: It's actually great for us. Working yeah. Working all day, working so all day, football so home, and
0: yeah. <laughs> and I can actually watch a football game. But half the yep. time, the football game is just a comedy of errors. And it's like Arizona and Arizona State just turning the ball over every other play. And I'm like, this is fun because it's chaotic, but it's not fun because it's not good football. Um, so David Hale had a tweet thread. Uh, let's play, let's play the what if game. Um, and he looked at, if you just took this 12 team playoff model and brought it back over the last seven years, the group of five would have been guaranteed a playoff team each year, but in five of the seven years, it would still been the number 12 seed. Um, the big 10 and the sec would have accounted for 30 of the 60 teams that made the playoff over the last seven years, uh, 12 team Playoff since 2016 would have included nine pac 12 teams rather than just one so it's a big win for the pac 12 uh but it seems like a participation trophy for the person that shows up uh, on the last day of class and then puts their name on the group project um i I mean the goal for this which i'm again i'm all for is is making the playoff more accessible to everybody that's i think that's good for the sport i think making games more important later in the season is good for the sport i think making the ultimate prize at the end of the year, that carrot on the stick, putting that stick in the hands of more teams from a recruiting standpoint is beneficial for the sport. It'll grow the game, I think. And, and I do think it'll have kind of a smoothing effect on on recruiting. Um, feel free to disagree with me. Um, but like <laughs> with with, you know, with the SEC and the Big Ten in particular, I'm i I'm a little worried about like four and five sec teams taking up the 12 team field um if people were worried about that with an eight team it's absolutely still going to happen with a 12 team you're going to get four sec teams in in the field do you care about that greg
1: i am not really because i actually i think the sec and the big 12 the big 12 the big 10 and the sec sorry are the only two conferences that you have to worry about with that and part of me would be really interested to see if, say, Florida is the third team in from the SEC and Michigan, let's just say, is the third team in from the Big Ten. Like, could they catch lightning in a bottle and make a run? Like, I would find that storyline to be intriguing. So, I, no, that doesn't bug me. I don't know that I would want to see four or five for sure. Not five, four is pushing it. Um, and so, I would love a, I would love a limit of three from a conference, we're not going to get that because I bet that that's one of the things that say the big 10, the sec has, would have really pushed for to say, Hey, if we're going to do this, well, we're going to open this thing up to the group of five schools. And we're going to have the automatics and all that stuff. Like we need to have no limit on the amount of our teams that could be in, even though you get to a point of diminishing returns. Once you get to team four in a conference, how many losses would they have to have? But at the same time, Is the fourth best team in the in the SEC or the Big Ten better than the second best team in the ACC, Big Twelve, or Pac twelve for sure?
0: That's my question. I don't, and that ends up being the thing. I don't think it is. So, would you? Let's go back to last year because everybody's going to do this. Georgia at number nine in the final College Football Playoff rankings at seven and two. Northwestern, who had who had looked like they might beat Ohio State in the first half of the Big Ten championship game, was number 14. Would you have preferred to see Georgia as the fourth SEC team in the field over Northwestern as the second Big Ten team in the field?
1: Personally, no, but I wonder what the country at large would feel on that. Like, if you just pulled everyone, and is is some name recognition – and brand power going to come into that, which also comes into TV stuff. So I wonder, I just wonder, but no, I would personally would rather have seen Northwestern get a shot, especially given how they played for the vast majority of that season with that amazing defense. And then for the first half of the Ohio state game, I'd rather I saw, see Northwestern.
0: I saw a tweet on my timeline on Wednesday that said, what is a hot take a hot college football take that you have that would have people booing you. And I thought about tweeting it and I didn't. Everybody says the Big 12 doesn't play defense. The Big 12 is not good. The Big 12 does play defense. Other leagues don't know how to play offense. Well, that's my hot take. The Big 12's offense is so good that it makes the defense look bad, even though they do play defense and in some instances play better defense than, let's say, the ACC or the Pac 12. I think, and I kind of was, we, we were talking about this in our Slack channel. The, Expanded field is nice, but we are going to run into the same problem again, because I don't believe that if this current format was in place, I don't believe that Coastal Carolina would have been ranked number 12 in the final AP ranking or the final CFP ranking. I don't believe magically
1: or 13. Yes.
0: Or like because they were a conference champion, I guess it would apply to Indiana. I don't believe Indiana would be there. I believe that they would be moved down. So to me, I think what's going to happen is suddenly you're going to start seeing more SEC teams pop into the top 25, more Big Ten teams pop into the top 25. There needs to be a change to the committee in terms of how teams are evaluated. And one of the proposals that I put in that story that I told everybody to go look at was also, I suggested a change to the playoff selection committee. And I said, let coaches decide. I don't want to see a ranking show every single week leading up to the rankings that boxes the, the committee in in a lot of areas. I just want 10 coaches in a room or in a Zoom lobby at the end of the season to just rank the teams, select the playoff teams, the at-large playoff teams. Those coaches have a better understanding of uh, – of, who is, because the, the, the goal has always been, what's the best team? What's the best team? But then bias gets into play with all these bureaucrats. They're like, oh, well, we think the SEC is the best conference. So they have the better team. So the fourth best team in the SEC is better than the second best team in the Big Ten, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Just let, just let the coaches decide. If we, get, if we get, go ahead.
1: Which coaches get to decide though? Because aren't you also then introducing bias? They are selected by their peers. So we're just selecting the fine, upstanding gentlemen that are able to do this. I I still think you're. I think you're. The, my, I think the problem is is you're going to get bias either way. But I think that you'll just get a different bias. We have a
0: coaches poll, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some coaches are gonna are gonna vote for their buddies, but in this in the in that proposal that I met, I think I put it in there. Um, it would they would be on a rotating basis. You're not going to have the same ten coaches deciding every single year. They're going to get selected by their peers. I think I, I put at the beginning of the season and their only obligation is going to be at the end of the year. And then they're not going to have to do it the following year. So yeah, you might get a coach or two here and there that like picks their buddies or picks, you know, for Someone their conference their flag. Conference, yeah. yeah. But by and large, I mean, we have a coach's poll that works like by and large, the coaches poll is, is a pretty good indicator of talent, a pretty good indicator of, of how coaches view the, the, the league um, or various leagues. So I, I think like, I would let let me me put this way. I would much rather have coaches deciding it than like chancellors, presidents, um, commissioners, things like that.
1: I agree with that. I think coaches better than the current format. But the best solution to that, bring back the computers. Bring them back. Where are they? We've got to find them. You could do a story on this. They're somewhere go get those computers and let them decide who the best teams are and then who the best 12 teams are at the end as voted on by the computers and their magical formula. That's who ends up being the 12.
0: So little red and Herbie Husker, those inflatable, uh, like blow up things they're just like sitting underneath memorial stadium in like a locked cage in a basement somewhere right i'm just i'm just picturing like bcs computers in a similar situation (laughs)
1: right with like a sign do not touch do (laughs) not activate
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're they're sitting under the field at jack trice stadium uh oklahoma state decided to bury them after what happened in 2011 or 2012 or whatever the year that was that it went over the, the upright it did not go over the upright I will take that to my grave. They deserve a chance. So, you have any other thoughts on this that we haven't covered a lot?
1: We did cover a lot. I'm excited about it. That's my only other thought. Like I think that this would, I think this this will bring new juice and energy into the sport.
0: Do you want to see the regular season cut down because of the possibility for a team to play 17 games?
1: Um, either that. Or I would love to see everybody uniformly, it would have to be across the, the power five plus um, the other, the G5 to have them uh, like drop a conference game, like maybe go back to instead of go back to like eight conference games. Um, and then that way, maybe, I don't know, you'd have to figure something out. Like, I don't like it. Where you'd play so many conference games like the Big Ten does, and then like end up with 12, maybe, as I just kind of talked that out, maybe drop one game, also drop it down to eight conference games, maybe.
0: Would you? So are you going to 10 games total because you're dropping a non conference game too, or are you just going to 11? Just take one I would game off the go schedule. Go
1: to 11, take one game off the schedule and have that one game be a conference game.
0: So everybody's playing eight. And then you've got three non-conference games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, that way you can have if you want to roll the dice and schedule like Alabama schedules or their future schedules are, like, yeah, you can do that, or you can try to schedule Fordham and see what happens, but that may impact you in my hypothetical like BCS computer situation.
0: Cause I don't think you're gonna get too often a team that plays in its conference title game and then also has to play in the first round. Well, I guess you could if it's only You if, could if, if the if Pac-12 like
1: 6 and 6 team upsets Oregon.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. And
1: that team then is the fifth or sixth seed. Yeah. in as a conference championship. Well, yeah. Well, it could
0: you- be a situation where it happens every year. Yeah.
1: I mean, somebody has to, right? Like you have to <laughs> you have to get yeah.
0: I think – I don't have to have a take on this because it just happened. But you know what? Let's just, let's just wait to see what the players think. We get through this one year. Let's just wait and see what the players think.
1: I'd be curious to see what the players thought about just the proposal in general.
0: If they think if, – if, let's just ask Alabama after the first year of this or Oregon or insert whatever you know, group of five team that ends up playing – 17 games or whatever it is. I, Alabama is probably not going to play 17 games. They'll play 16. Let's just see what their players say after 16 games and then go from there. I vote we just consider this a win. Today is just a win. Let's not complain about win. anything. We'll, we'll leave the hypotheticals because there's a lot of stuff that's going to that's gonna branch off of this that you're going to have to discuss. Let's leave all that for a later date. We're talking about something that's not going to happen for another like 48 months or something like that. 36 to 48 months or something. So let's just enjoy today. This is a win. This is a win for the UCS. 2017 national champions, baby.
1: We've Now we've gone too far. I give you an inch about, you know, the G5 <laughs> should be included. And now you got to go with that garbage. Why did it's, you think they should not be included? Because getting the big boy league and then you're able to play for the big boy championship. But um, they played a quote unquote big boy in the peach bowl and they beat them. It's so weird. Like to be totally honest, part of this discussion is very weird now that like, the staff at Nebraska is from that team. Like, it's also – You're just hating. What text Ryan held and tell him that you're just hating? <laughs> no, like, it's it's such a weird thing. I can't <laughs> tell you, like, my disdain for that whole situation in full without being like, oh, hey, I might get a phone call about this. So, like, it's weird. But still, like, no, I don't think that those teams, because those teams did not play week in and week out, did not play the same competition as the major conferences – they and they got to save themselves for that one big game. Oh, and God. I think that it's listen, I'm just, save telling, themselves. You what I think. I'm just telling you come on. Save playing Tulsa is not the same as playing Indiana. I'm just saying, not a you know, it's fine. I it's it's probably not too different from playing freaking Vanderbilt or Arkansas. Hey man, Arkansas, they're tough, they're tough with Pittman down there. Well,
0: no, they're not. <laughs> Stop it. No, they weren't. No, they were they were terrible. They were so bad. Wasn't it like uh, two years between the last time they won a conference game? Didn't they go like a really long stretch? They did a go a game? long stretch.
1: Without don't it. talk to me
0: about Arkansas being tough. They're I don't, don't want to hear tough. it about the bottom of the SEC.
1: I guess we shouldn't be propping up Arkansas around here like after what happened with baseballs, so. Yeah, you're going to get thrown out. Sorry. Vanderbilt right. was 0-9 last year, man. Come on. South
0: Carolina, Carolina was 2-8. Tennessee's trash. Don't talk to me about T- Tulsa had one of the best players in the country last year. That linebacker.
1: One of his best corners too. The Over best, here, just straight get... disrespecting the American Conference. Come on. I don't know why Tulsa was the first team that came to mind, but <laughs> you could have picked. Any South... number you could have picked
0: South Florida that went one and eight last year, or Temple yeah. that went one and six last year, but you chose to go with Tulsa
1: that went six and three and six and zero in conference last year. I walked right into that. Yeah. My bad, Tulsa. Sorry. <laughs>
0: oh this is i mean this is this is why we love the expanded playoff you can only play who's in front of you and if you take care of business week in and week out that should be rewarded. that's been my case all along those players the the teams are finally getting rewarded you take care of business and play who's in front of you and you get rewarded
1: it is a win for the fans of college football And,
0: and also here's here's how you here's how you do this greg Here's how you say you know, I didn't I didn't like the, the all the shenanigans that happened with that UCF team because I don't think Frost liked the shenanigans either after the fact. So just say hey, just say you were not a fan of the AD.
1: There hey, you go. Please. That's you, a that's a way to put that. Man, knowing what we know, but not to go side table, But knowing what we know about that staff now, like I'm not 100% like sure that they did not like the shenanigans. Like, they just couldn't have. Like, right? Yeah, they just, just could yeah, not have yeah. No, that at yeah all. no,
0: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just just say you you didn't like the way the AD handled things, and that that can be your your way of, of discrediting their season without actually making the the, the staff upset with you.
1: <laughs> it's a good call.
0: Good call. Good just good don't call. don't maybe don't say you're discrediting their season because they were. <laughs> st-
1: I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. No, you just didn't think they
0: played big boys. You just didn't think they, you thought the 12 and 0 had an asterisk next to it.
1: I mean, they played Memphis. Like, okay, sorry. We're not, we're not going to go there. We're not going there. Blue Danny White. Uh, Let me say, let me
0: say this, man. I don't think Indiana played big boys last year. I'm just saying. They played Ohio State and they lost. Your boy, Tom Allen out here. He didn't play big boys. Leo, love each other. He played one big boy and he lost. (laughs) It's true. Ohio State. L <laughs> put a bad played a bad Michigan team played a bad Penn State team put a mm-hmm. man, they, N- could only, they could only they could only
1: play who was in front of them Derek I don't
0: that's know. true that's true that's true all, and then they lost to Ole Miss in the bowl game so I, I mean you know
1: yeah that's
0: not great I'm, just, I'm not saying I'm just saying. Craig, thank you for coming back on the podcast after bashing (laughs) the Lakers and after talking all the smack about your boy Tom Allen. Thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, no problem. We'll see if I return.
0: (laughs) We'll be back next week with another podcast. In the meantime, keep reading hellvarsity.com. Follow Greg on Twitter for all of your Lakers shenanigans and your UCF hating. Uh, Listen to his podcast. Listen to everybody else's podcast. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Leave a five-star review. If you leave anything lower than a five-star, I will find your email address and I will spam clips of the Scotts Tots office episode right into your inbox. By the way, I saw somebody that actually was like a real life version of Scotts Tots. Like he, like this like CFO dude was like, "Hey, uh, this uh, I was like a fifth grade or f- fifth grade class or something like that." He was like, "Hey, write me a letter." Um, like a recurring letter, some, some interval of time they needed to send him letters, like maybe like once a year or something like that. And if they did that, he would pay, give them a thousand dollar scholarship when they graduated high school. And like, he actually followed through. I saw this news article on my, on my Twitter feed. Um, he actually followed through with it and I just got major, like Scott's Tots vibes. Uh, and I was like, that's maybe one of the worst television episodes ever created. It's just so cringy. It's so cringy. Nobody wants that. So... Give a five star review. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys.
1: Ahura Media Production.